Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yo, what's up, Surf Splendor listeners? Welcome back to the show, the first of 2016. Thrilled to be back, thrilled to have the time off. It's been lovely. Um, this is, of course, your host, David Scales, uh, host of Surf Splendor. Today, we have an episode of Surf News, co-hosted by, you know, my buddy Scott Bass. So we're going to get into that in a moment. If you're new to the show, welcome. SurfSplendorPodcast.com is the website. It's where you can find uh, everything that we discuss in this show. And there's um, a music page that has all the track listings from every episode of the show. There's video and photos of everything that we discuss in every show. Links to the individuals um, that I interview, their websites, all that stuff is all on surfsplendorpodcast.com. You can also leave a comment in the comments section of each show, and every past episode is archived there. If you listen in a, in a podcasting app like iTunes, uh, they archive the last 50 episodes, so you can also catch them there, but everything's on the website, and everything is free, by the way, uh, no charge for anything. So all that we ask is just that you share the show with friends. That helps it to grow. And then if you want to rate and review it in iTunes or wherever you listen, that always helps it to grow as well. So continue doing that. I appreciate it. And then um, you can follow us on social media at Surf Splendor. All right. That's it for business. I'll be back at the end of the show to sign us off. Enjoy. Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Yeah, friggin' guy. <laughs> yeah, guy. What's up, guy? How you doing, bro? <laughs> saw that wave you got, bro. It was sick. You're yeah. ripping. So ripping. Yeah, guy. Down the line, Surf Talk Radio. Uh, it is a Tuesday, January 5th, the year 2016. David Lee Scales and myself, Scott Bass, broadcasting from the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center Library. I'm gonna pose for an Instagram right now. Get in the frame, dude. What do so I we do? can get all well. So we can get all these images in the back. Wow. Of this. All right, one, two, three. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. All images right. that are all spread out at the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center. What does that look like? How's that picture look? Let me see that thing. This is Lonnie Akea. Oh, no, no, the, the image, picture. the selfie. He just took a selfie. You'll see yeah, the selfie. Well, I think it works, dude. I think we should publish it right now on nice. our social media feeds yeah my hair so, is a little silver fox i gotta say but that's reality dude so deal with it at surf splendor at boardroom show or the instagram feeds yeah so yeah so we're at the surfing heritage and culture center the reason why i wanted to take a photo today was just because of what's all spread out here on the table all these archival photos of um hawaii it looks like in the late 60s the duke invitational lani akea waimea bay pipeline uh, all sorts of stuff. How do I do that? You trying to get a photo too? I can't get you in there. <laughs> what button you are you trying lean to push? In. Oh. I don't know. Do I push this top one? Yeah, I'm in. Oh. One, two. 
Did it work? Oh, you shut your camera off. Uh, I'm again, so dude. old. I this is the even... best opening ever for a show. <laughs> I don't even know how to do this. <laughs> I'm going to get Hold a photo your horses. Scott. Here we go. Get a photo. I did it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry about the boring intro. Uh, we got a lot for you um, on this January, even though a whole lot hasn't been happening in the world of surf. Um, but things seem to be kicking into action here this first week of the new year. El Nino certainly right on track. Um, the lower latitudes, the jet stream falling into the lower latitudes and feeding a ton of low pressures and weather into the western, the Pacific, uh, the entire Pacific West Coast here of North America, getting slammed by weather and big waves. You know, it's funny as I was kind of looking through um, news articles for the last couple of weeks. We haven't had a lot of surf in Southern California, but a lot of other places have. And I almost don't open those articles. It's like, oh, New York's firing. Eh, who cares? Moving on. And I realize how egocentric I am, you know, where it's like, no, that's actually probably bigger news than Southern well, California. You're, being you're right, though. I know what you mean. I, I You tend to kind of go, oh, well, it doesn't affect my region, exactly. so I'm not too interested in it. Okay, it was six foot, whatever. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, El Nino roaring to life. I mean, um I guess yesterday, or it might have been the day before, I think it was yesterday, Jaws and Waimea Bay and a lot of the big wave spots in the Hawaiian Island chain were uh, were on fire, were, were doing their thing. So. They were breaking, but I don't think it was like record breaking. No, no, yeah. no, it wasn't massive or anything, but um, certainly 20, 20 feet at Waimea Bay. And I saw a nice photo of uh, Surfline's got a great pictorial of basically cool. the big wave spots in Hawaii. Um, and there's some images of, in fact, my musty moment, I'll just tell you right now, is there's a photo of Bethany Hamilton, musty moment. It's a still static image on Surfline, but she's towing into a wave at Jaws. So here she is, a Piahi, um, you know, one arm, towing in. She's, she's an incredible, we can never say enough incredible things about Bethany Hamilton. I know, and again, not to jump into the end of the show, but she's actually my Duke. Oh, cool. For that performance. Six months, by the way, after giving birth. Right. And she, she towed in. Um, but it's yeah. a proper wave that she got. I mean, that thing's pretty legit. I didn't. After I gave birth, it was nine months. So you had to wait. Yeah, I waited. Yes, yeah, that's how gnarly she is. So. That made sense. Yes, you know? thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, breaking news. Yeah, I have break some it, breaking dude. news about the I'm Kelly so... Slater wave pool. This is what I've learned since the last time we were together. Came into the room. Scott's like, I got breaking news, but not going to tell it to you until the mics are on. So I've been sitting here with eager anticipation. <laughs> I don't know. Now I feel like this isn't that great of news. You're probably going to go wah, wah. But anyway. Break it, dude. Here's what I've learned about the Kelly Slater wave pool. First thing is that the bottom is adjustable. So they can make it a little different. The bottom's got a plastic sheeting on it that they say they can put, you know, bumps and lumps and different stuff into the bottom contour so that it does, so that it's not so pristine and impeccably perfect. You know? Okay. I like it. Yeah. And then the other breaking news I have regarding the Kelly Slater wave pool is that he actually fell on his first ride. No. Yeah. That's even better news. Yeah. yeah. I like the gossipy news better than the technical <laughs> stuff. This is all rumor and innuendo, but I have it from a very good source that, that he fell on his first ride, which awesome. is sort of silly that you and I are geeking out on that. But the fact that they sort of marketed it and they did a great job and I'm still going to believe that that yeah. was his first wave out there. But uh, word on the street from... Highly placed sources is that he actually fell on the first wave. Now, the water temperature? Yeah. 52 degrees. Air temperature, 45 degrees. Whoa. So, butt cold, 
uh, on both counts, air and water. Crazy. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, that, that's my breaking news. That's in the middle of wintertime, though. It won't we be need that a cold. breaking news drop, like a, you know, like some sort of newsy kind of. Yeah, you're always. This really, coming in through the wire type I of. Totally agree. And you're always so good with your drops that I'll leave that to you. You know, your family guy drops, or what I, did you try if to If I had my computer here, I would be dropping some <laughs> stuff. I don't do too much post. As you yeah. may know. How much posts do you do? do I do you, a fair bit. Oh, so yours is better than mine. I you try just, to... You don't send me your post. You just... No, I wouldn't dare. Because your post has got Surf Splendor all over it or No, no, no. I'm just trying to make me sound really cool and you sound not so cool. Okay, well... That's my objective. I'm my sorry you're insecure editing. in that way. That's no, too bad. Not anymore, actually. It makes me feel great about myself. <laughs> it's whatever done the it takes. Job. Whatever it takes. I'm glad I can be your pawn towards uh, fulfillment, yep, self realization. It really has worked, actually. Right. That and a lot of therapy, you know? And <laughs> okay. here we are. Well, um, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, what there's a couple of things I think we need to follow up. First of all, first show of 2016. That's right. How's the holidays? Dude? We're in our 11th year. You are. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, congratulations. I'm going to include you in that unless you don't want to be. No, I appreciate it. Congratulations. The 11th year of Down the Line Surf Talk Radio. How was the uh, holiday vacation? It, it was good. It was um, too much. Too much good. Too much, you know, yeah. surfing, golfing, snowboarding. You know, I don't, yeah. you live a life of luxury, dude. Well, no. I mean, you know, it's just there's some some work interspersed in there. Yeah. Of course, there is. Yeah. Um, is that a new Patagonia jacket for Christmas? No, I've actually had this, and I'll go ahead and plug this jacket. It's a great rain jacket. This is one of those rain jackets you'll like see a thing on Surfline where they're like pack like the pros, right? And like yeah. Rusty Long will have this little teeny ball of a jacket yeah. that he goes, I swear by this jacket. You can roll it up. You can put this jacket in your back pocket, but it unfolds and it's the best rain jacket ever, and it's really quite warm. And this is one of those jackets. It's a Patagonia rain jacket, and it's it's you know like. If you're going to the – like you go to Costa Rica or Nicaragua a lot. Like this is good for that. The summertime, yeah. it's squalling, but it's 80 degrees out. You throw this on and, and with trunks and you're laughing. It's lightweight. Super lightweight. Yeah. Super good Looks to brand new. Well, yeah. Protagonia, man. Yeah. It's, uh, Fancy. I don't know if it has a name, but it says – H two no, I don't know what that means, but anyway, it's a Patagonia means rain no jacket. No water gets through. It's pretty, yeah. Dang. It's super warm. Cool. And no water gets through, and I will say that I think it's kind of pricey. All things from Patagonia yeah. are super pricey. Oh, by the way, speaking of stores that you wouldn't expect me to shop at, that yeah. I'm now a big fan of. Let's hear it. Lululemon. Oh, really? Lululemon has guys' stuff. Yeah. I didn't know this. I thought it was just like a girls' yoga yeah, place. Yeah, I did too. And so I went into Lululemon to shop for the uh, my wife and my daughter for the Christmas season, and I got suckered into the men's section, the mm. Lululemon. And it's it reminds me of Patagonia. It's like super high-quality stuff that's going to last for a long time. Yeah. A little bit more pricey. Of course. Certainly not in that eco-surfwear realm where Outer Known is, price-wise yeah, yeah. or perhaps eco-conscious-wise. But uh, Lululemon for men. And the good thing is they have – Super small insignias, so you wouldn't know that you're Good. wearing Lululemon. Good. <laughs> so are you wearing it right now? I'm not, oh, but okay. I bought some Lululemon golf shorts. and Because the, like, the ladies, I like, can guess what? No one will know it's Lululemon because we just – it's right. the same color as the shorts. It's very hidden. Perfect. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of Lululemon and admirer. I bet you have. When it's on the women, <laughs> yeah. on the female form. Is it the product itself or the person that's wearing it? it they go hand in hand. Turns out um, it's kind of a self-selecting sample. You know, like wow, the the females that are picking Lululemon deserve are to fine. be wearing it. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Exactly. That's a good point. So, anyways, following up from last year um, and not having been on the air for a couple of weeks, 
Obviously, that Evan Geiselman near drowning thing was a pretty big deal. We talked about it. But Ryan Moss, who's the filmer for Reef, um, put together like an 11 minute interview with Evan where they go through it in detail. And I thought that was really worth watching. It's not on my must see moment, but it's just like follow up with that story. If you're interested at all um, to hear Evan's take on it, he's obviously humbled. He's obviously rattled. He's super emotional, tears up a couple of times, um, has a brand new outlook on life and all that. It's really kind of good to see and a nice, I don't know, button on that story. Cool. That's yeah, so good I'll to hear. I'd like link. to see that. I'll post a link to that. Well, we're um, glad he's, we're glad it all worked out for the best. And yeah, uh, it's, it's good to know. Absolutely. There's another, it's kind of a non-story, but I found it interesting. Um, NewYorkTimes.com did a piece on Strider Wasilewski's Malibu home. Have you seen this? No. All right. I follow Strider on Instagram and I've seen. I do too. Okay. Have you ever seen his house in Malibu? No. He'll post not, not like, Hey, look at my house, but like photos of his kids or whatever. Is his wife in real estate? I think she might be. She, yeah. I'm, I don't, I'm sure just assuming that. I don't know that, but I, for I don't some know reason what, that rings a bell, but I don't know what she does for a living. All I know is years and years ago, somebody mentioned like, Oh yeah, Strider got married, moved up to Malibu and definitely like married up in socioeconomic status right. sort of a thing, you know? Right. Right. And so good for him, whatever. Yeah. He's a um, great guy. Totally. And, um, has a couple of kids, so that's why he's been living in Malibu since, you know, for the last decade or whatever. But anyways, New York Times uh, wanted to profile, you know, a surfer who has a radical home, basically. And Strider, they own this barn, basically, on like Point Doom. So um, it's a bit of property. And they've renovated it and like modernized it. So it's these giant open air living spaces, giant ceilings, like 18 foot ceilings or something. Oh, wow. That sounds um, cool. It's really, really rad. And... If you're a fan of real estate, Strider, whatever, like, it's just interesting. I really enjoyed it. Well, that whole Doom area is pretty crazy. Like, that, that, there's that little, um, I don't know if you've been up there, but there's those mobile homes up Mm -hmm. there, right? That are just mobile homes, but everybody's thrown. First of all, you don't own the land. You just own the the shack that it sits on. You don't own the land. And and just the shacks are like 1.8 million, and they're literally, you know, Mobile homes. Mobile homes, you know, like, you know, yeah. So, but the, all these people have really made them fancy, you know, really nice. And you drive around the community in a golf cart and and it's your own private surf spot. All those little waves there in the doom area. I had to drop off a board for Reef McIntosh um, after the boardroom show actually last this past year. And he, that's where he was. He was staying at Strider's or? No, he wasn't at Strider's. He had a home there. I don't know if it was his wife's or his family's or what, but that's where he was. Yeah. So. It's all rather like when you go up there, you're in a different world. These guys really kind of have their own private surf spots. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's so in the depths of Malibu that even if you hunted it down to go paddle out there and find a finagle away in, it's not that great of a way, but it's, it's really so, not. it's so pretty though Yeah, that it's just like a soft right hander. But Laird's Laird does his stand up thing out totally. there and there's like four different ways to sort of connect into the, to the bay. And yeah. Well, it all goes into that Paradise Cove. Well, I'll post um, a link to that New York Times article, Strider's Malibu Barn. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, it's interesting. I have predictions for 2016, and I'm, I've got some names written down, and I was going to riff with you. These names I'm going to ask you okay. on the spot. Okay. I'm going to name some names, and you're going to tell me what's the one prediction for that person. Okay. Say, so, yeah, you're going to you get a cup of coffee and you're going to have to think quick here. Okay. But the reason I segue into this is that the first one is Strider. So, Strider Wazalewski, what's your prediction for 2016? Let it fly. Don't be Mr. Nice Guy. Don't bro bra. 
what's happening with Strider. I think he'll be back in the commentary booth. Not in the booth, I'm sorry. He'll be back on the team, but like this year where they had him sitting in the channel um, calling waves from kind of the field, I think that's where he'll be. Do I... Now, you didn't ask my opinion, but I'm going to share my opinion because this is a podcast and that's what we do. You have time for this. Um, He's not my my favorite commentator. He's not the most insightful. He oftentimes flubs his lines. He oftentimes makes up words. He, he <laughs> He's just like me. He, he kind of, except he surfs better. His like, here's the benefit of Strider is that he's passionate. And yeah. when, when he's firing on that passion, I feel like that's when he is at his best, but at the same time, he's not the most articulate. So that passion, he kind of like, he tries stumbles, too hard. He stumbles over himself. He tries too hard. I don't even know if he's trying that hard. Like, he's just I think like, he feels like he has to fill up airtime. And so he's just like, it was amazing. And this happened. And that happened. You know, and I think that if he just kind of contained himself a little bit and went, you know what? It was a great wave. This is what I saw. I saw one thing. I'll tell you what it was. Yeah. It was this. Back to you, Pete. But at the same time, I feel like Pete is sitting at home writing notes on his thoughts the night before or the morning of and then coming and going, you know, here's an interesting point about – Jadson Andre or whatever. And then he comes in and presents that point. He's already like prepared himself. Whereas Strider, he doesn't have, like, he's not given that he's, um, he, opportunity, right? Because he's got to be um, flying, you know, spitballing basically. Why? Because he's sitting in the channel. Yeah. Because they're basically going, yeah, there's you, no, but he got bumped into the channel. He used to be at the desk. Right, but my point is, is that spot in the channel could be the worst place for him because yeah. that's where you got to really be on your toes and you can't be stumbling over your semantics and your syntax and you got to be doing it right and you've got to be quick and smart and ready to go boom and then back to you as opposed to right. a guy like me or Strider that's just maybe going to stumble over it a little bit and go oh I don't you know yeah and that's a tough that, that's a very tough gig you know here's the thing Strider's really qualified for it all of it except the part where can he spit it all out in a really succinct, crystallized way that just makes tons of sense, is concise, and boom, back to you, Pete. We like Strider. We like his personality. He's not the most articulate. No, and we're not the only ones to say that. And that job requires, you know, somebody to be articulate. You you just, yeah, you do. You've got to be, it's like a Bob, you've got to be, it's a tough gig, man. For sure. It is not an easy gig. For sure. So what are my predictions for Strider? I do think he'll be back. I think the WSL has been pretty generous with their, um, you know, the things that they've allowed to fly and giving people time to really figure out their craft. And I think that a lot of those people have improved. So who's the best guy for the job? Uh, just the best commentator, period. The best guy for that in the channel, on the beach, think can think quick, can spit it out smooth, can do Todd, it. Todd Klein, Klein, I think, is great for that that specific role. I like Ronnie Dakey, Ronnie Blakey on the desk. No, and but I like I Ross mean, Williams I'm just talking that We're talking job, about sideline reporter. Sideline reporter or in the Todd water Klein. guy. Todd Klein. Todd Klein, okay. I think um, let's just, now, Pete hear Mel me is also very hear good. Me out. Let's say that there's a guy that's better than Klein or Peter Mel. But that guy is going to cost more money because I think this is a P&L thing, a profit and loss, you know, spreadsheet deal. Do you really? I could be Hmm. because like you could get a really, really good person to do that job and it would probably cost you a lot more. Professional broadcast. For instance, Sal could do that job really good. That guy's smart. He could and he's concise. He's very eloquent. He's well-spoken. He could be the guy that sits in the channel and does the spiel. And he's going to cost you more than Strider because I think that this is about dollars. I think, look, Strider's great at what he does. We're getting him for cheap. Let's just keep him on. Let's see if we make money this year. 
we got, I mean, in the big picture, you got to figure they're going, shit, we got to start getting some profits here. Yeah, but I'm I don't assuming think, that they're not. I don't think the salary difference between Strider and Sal is a stop point for the WSL. I think, I don't know that. I don't know either way. You could be right. You could be wrong. But yeah. I think that they're looking at it like, let's just keep the budget where it is. Stay with Strider. It is what yeah. it is. Let's move on. Yeah. You know, I think Sal is a good fit for the WSL for a lot of reasons. I don't really love Sal. Like, I don't think he's the most insightful, but I do think that he could do that job. But no, nobody, I mean, in terms of surfing ability, Strider's, Strider's oh, yeah, no. overqualified. But you don't need you know? to be, I don't think you need to, to be that. Like, I, I think Sal's got enough surfing ability to be, able, good, to call, to be Sal, able to call the yeah, waves. Sal yeah, Sal went to Carlsbad High School. I, he's, I've surfed with Sal many times. Yeah. He's, he's totally a good surfer. So yeah. that's not the issue. You know, yeah. I, like he can describe the same things. Can he say, I've surfed 30 foot Chopu? No. But, or pipeline do, at all. But, I'll, but we can. Yeah, yeah. So here's just for listeners who I'm, wait predictions. I've no, I know, I know, mess. no. I'm still on the same topic. Um, most listeners probably are aware of this detail, but I'll just state it anyways. Is that it's not as easy as hiring a professional broadcaster. No, it's obviously not. It's you not. need somebody who has surf experience and a surf, high surf IQ and has the ability to broadcast, and that's where the catch is for the WSL, and that's why they're. No, this is uncharted territory, really. And so, I mean, it's been chartered by previous contests, but nobody's really tried to do it on the level that the WSL is doing it on. And um, and so it's all being worked out, you know, and we're still figuring it out. Yeah. But I think Ronnie Blakey, by the way, he would is be good anywhere. Who, somebody who kind of was homegrown. He wasn't a professional surfer previously, but he's proven himself because his broadcast ability is, so, is that a word? You just made up a new word. Broadcast ability. Those are two words. <laughs> but I agree. That, that I, could be one word. I like word. it as one word. Thank you very much. Um, but, you know, be, because he's so good at By broadcasting. By the way, we should start noting how many words we make up this year because we could, like, easily get through 30 new words. Well, Strider can easily point the finger right back at us. Oh, no. You know what sure, I mean? Like, no. That's why we can comment on it because we, we have the same experience. And ours is all on tape. Yeah, like, they like, can just go back and create, <laughs> yeah. like, a YouTube mashup of us. Uh, butchering things so but yeah you were right you were saying first of all you know ronnie was an editor of tracks or one of the magazines in australia he's got tons of experience as far as well surf iq no doubt but i'm just saying not he's he wasn't he doesn't have a cover shot from surfer magazine like strider does you know here's some guys we've missed this year have you missed sean doherty in the broadcast booth yeah but he wasn't on last year that's what i mean did you miss him did you miss him in 2015 he wasn't around in the commentary booth, right? Nobody wasn't around the previous year either. Okay, well, let's just riff. He, he hasn't. Okay, so, yes. do you miss him? Is the question. Yes, do you I miss would, that I would prefer really to have like him. Uber Australian draw. My, you know. No, like, I don't miss that, but I like Sean and yeah, I Sean's like his insight. No, he's a great writer, so yeah. I would like to see Sean. Yeah. But here's the other question: Do you miss Pat Parnell? That's the more relevant. Question. Oh, that is relevant, and the answer is no. Hell no! In fact, hell, hell no. to the no. Hell to the no with an exclamation point. But I did hear the, or maybe you told me the reason why he wasn't asked back was a salary negotiation thing. I don't recall telling you that, but I, I'm I read sure that's part there. of it. I did read that somewhere. I'm sure there, that's part. Which of it. I was just like, no, they didn't give him a job back because he kept calling Owen Wright Owen Wilson, you know, and and, and a bunch of and a lot of other mistakes. Uh, but it, I think it had to do with salary negotiation. Anyways, next. Okay. Next prediction. Next prediction. You will make a prediction for 2016 for this person right now, Alana Blanchard. What is your prediction for her? I think she slowly falls by the wayside. 
as she has been for the last six months. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so you're saying Rip Curl drops her at the end of the year? I don't know that Rip Curl even drops her. I just don't know who cares anymore. Like, her surfing wasn't up to the standards of the WSL, so she got bumped off to her, I think, right, previously. But does she, the question is, does she sell bikinis for Rip Curl? Because that's her job. Yeah, does she sell she, bikinis to my 15-year-old daughter? Less and less. I would agree with that. I there's, think more, there's a small window there where you make your... And she's been in that window for about four or five or six years, and maybe I, more. I agree. And I How think, old is she? Oh, I'm going to guess 25. She gets pregnant, falls off the mainstream pop culture. Her and culture. Jack Freestone have a baby together? I didn't say that. You what? did. Yeah, <laughs> well, they're crazy clearly prediction. dating. You just made the gnarliest <laughs> prediction ever. Um, so that was, So there's my prediction. I stand She gets pregnant? It. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I don't think that even a pregnancy mat like... She is Dude, still pregnancy a, matters when you're selling bikinis no, but to 15 year old. Girls. That's not what's going to happen. I'm going to say she's not going to get pregnant, but she's still going to fall out of the limelight because yeah, yeah. Um, she's at the peak of her, you know, beauty. I mean, she's in her prime, but that we've already seen it for six years. Like we've just grown tired of it. There's always somebody new up and coming. And um, when you're, when your whole currency is your butt in a bikini. Yeah. You're a dime a dozen. There's millions right. of girls out there with hot butts willing to wear a bikini. By the way, talking about Lululemon, talking about <laughs> salary. I mean, there's yeah. another. There's any infinite number of girls coming up that will do it for fifty thousand dollars a year, as Less. opposed to whatever yeah. they're paying her. Right. Which is probably in the hundreds of thousands. You oh, know, for sure. At least. I bet more. I so, bet. so yeah. What's going to happen to Alana? Um, she slowly fades from the pop surf culture. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Sphere. What could she possibly do to rocket herself back into the limelight? Win a contest. Get pregnant? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I that would put I mean, some attention on her. I mean, I think her surfing, like every time we see her in an event, she, her surfing has improved, but not at the same rate that Coco Hose has and Malia Manuel. Oh, I think, I think the surfing thing's not going to, that's over. It's, it's, yeah. I agree with you. But I think that's the only option. Here's the for question her. if you were her manager or you were in her circle of friends and you were going, okay, we need to kind of reinvent where we're at. Yep. I got what a plan. is that thing? I what got is, a plan. Okay. What is the plan? Ditch rib curl, Alana Blanchard line a bikini swimwear. This late? I think that ship has sailed. I've been that's preaching what Kelly that. Kelly Slater for, did. I was preaching that for a while, but she doesn't have 11 world titles. So you still but think she, she has, has the cachet to, to sell bikinis with her own? Name and gotta, she probably could sell Alana, and if she got a bunch of hot new models and stuff, and kind of went that angle, like like sure. she was more like an icon, like a female exactly. business person icon, and and just called it Alana, and just she has, and then got a bunch of you know like yeah that that would make sense. She has one point five million Instagram followers. Kelly has one point four. Wow! So that that sells bikinis, I would think. Yeah, you know. But how, wait, how many of those 1.5 million are guys and how many are girls? That's a great question. I don't yeah. know. I'm not going to do that math right now. Okay. Next prediction. Yeah. This is kind of a curveball. Okay. I'm going to tell you it's not a surf celeb, so to speak, but we're just going to mix it up one time and then I'll get back to surf, surf people. Let's hear it. Transgendered Caitlyn Jenner. What's your prediction for 2016? <sighs> Okay. Formerly Bruce Jenner, formerly or no, still 1976 decathlon best athlete in the world is, Olympics. Is she? He was or it was right, but I'm just saying, like, 
Does, she, does it, it get to claim that? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think it still has Bruce Jenner's name on the trophy. Oh, you know what I mean? So they don't scrub the trophy and put Caitlyn Jenner on it. Right. So you know she mean? doesn't get to claim any of that? Hmm. I don't That's know. That's an interesting question. I don't think she does, actually. I don't think she does either. So my prediction, what's she going to do? What's, um, what's your prediction for her in 2016? Okay. Uh, more speaking engagements, more awareness, more intense media fodder. I think it just... When I thought the Kardashians had already been played out and run like way run its course. Yeah. They did seven more seasons and they're still going. You know what I mean? Like I thought that thing would have run out of steam a long time ago. And so this, I think this has a lot more relevance than, um, I don't know, than Kim Kardashian ever did, you know? So that's what my prediction is. What's yours? There's a picture of Caitlin. Shut up. Yeah. Who did you meet her? No, my buddy's friends with her. Friends? Yeah. Like, okay, didn't just come across actual friends? Oh, they've been friends for a long time. Really? Yeah. So do you have more to share then? No, and nothing I can share. I don't okay. want to I don't want to cross the line there. Well, I'm wondering why you threw that, why you because, brought that one in. Because he and I were talking about Caitlin, and I just figured, let's let's mix it up for our listeners. I thought it was more of a listener. I thought the listeners would what appreciate you, What's your prediction then for 2016 for Caitlin? I've got tons of predictions. I want to go through my okay. list for you first. Okay, ready? 2016 prediction for this company, this iconic surf company that just went bankrupt, coming out of bankruptcy, Quicksilver. What is your prediction for 2016 for Quicksilver? I'm going to guess we're going to start seeing the brand in like lower digit retailers, maybe Walmarts of the world or uh, I think they Targets already, of the They world. might already be in Target. And, well, I think that's think already so? happened. Yeah, I, I don't know that they are. I, I don't shop any of those. I shop at Lululemon. I Apparently didn't see, so, I didn't Scott. See. Jeez, and no, Patagonia. I, I'm pretty sure you can get Quicksilver and stuff like that at I, Costco. I, I know you can get it at Costco. Occasionally they show up in Costco, but that's not like a long-term deal. It's like a one-off something. You I know? think they are probably in Target. And well, I think that's I think that's the new strategy for, for Quicksilver is like, look, trim all the fat and call back all of the um, flagship stores because there's a lot of operating expense and all that sort of thing and just – High volume, low margin. That's the new model. Boom. Let's get back in that profit the zone. Right. Okay. Your prediction, 2016, Luke Davis. Oh, What happens good to one. Luke Davis in 2016? Luke buddies up. Full disclosure, you you know him, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. You know I'm, who he is. You're, we've we've gone acquaintances. On, we're acquaintances. We've gone on a surf trip together. I haven't talked to him in a long time. But yeah. anyway... Um, so just set the stage real quick. Luke Davis, Orange County surfer, red hot Newport surfer kid, has a bunch of San Instagram Clemente. followers. San Clemente, bunch of Instagram followers. Was riding for Reef, just got dropped. What's your prediction for 2016? Couldn't make the couldn't qualify for the CT at some point. Decided just to go the free surf route, but then got dropped by his main sponsor. Still doesn't really live up to the standards of a lot of other A list free surfers. So. You know, he's at that stage in life, early 20s, where where do you go as a pro surfer? I think... Sales rep? No, I think he hitches his wagon to Hollywood DJ types and uh, up-and-coming starlets and lives that lifestyle for a couple of years. Ooh, all right. Yeah. That's a good prediction. That's what I'm going with. Okay, I've got some predictions for you. Okay. My predictions. Kolohe and Dino. Makes the final at Snapper Rocks, the first event this year, coming up in a couple of months, but does not requalify for 2017. Bold. Yeah. So he has a big, strong start. Yep. Big, wow. strong start. Kind of rests on his laurels. Doesn't think he needs to do the QS. 
Oh, so he's not even going to do the QS well, he in doesn't, your scenario? He doesn't requalify. I thought he could not requalify on the CT, but in your scenario, maybe he's like number one on the QS. Oh, uh, no, I'm thinking, I'm, and maybe, okay. I'm, maybe okay. I'm not thinking through the point system well enough, but I'm just thinking he has a big, and, he, and, and boom, things just, the, the floor drops out. Okay, I'll hold you to that. Um, other predictions. Yeah. Matt Banning, Davey Cathels, Ryan Callanan, yep. Jack Freestone, young Australians. They're going to they're gonna shine over the young Brazilians and the young North Americans. By the end of the Rio event in late May, we're going to be impressed by these four Australians, and they are going to swing back at the Brazilian storm. We're going to have an Aussie storm. Aussie storm. Aussie hurricane. A cyclone, mate. I, Aussie cyclone. Fat I love it. Of my truth. Thank you for finally acknowledging Banting's prowess, dude. I threw him in with the other four because I think they're going to make a charge. I I like it. Um, Do you know who Davey Cathels and Ryan Callanan are, by the way? Yes, I do. Do you really? Okay, name their two main sponsors. Uh, Davey Cathels is Quicksilver. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan Callanan is Billabong. He is. Cathels is Ruka. Oh. Are they regular footers or goofy footers? Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's one of each in that mix, by the way. I, that's what I said. Yes, yeah, they exactly. are. Exactly. You got it. Yeah. Nailed it, Scott. Good Thank job. You. Way to stay current, dude. Um, my other predictions. Yeah. You ready? Kelly Slater will win the Chopu event. Good call. Wow. Another prediction? Um, do you want to chew on that one or you want me no, to No, I mean, going? we'll just have to check in in six months or yeah. whenever that event is. Um if it's big and pumping, he's got a chance. Yeah, that's yeah. the idea. I mean, yeah. my feeling is this with that prediction is that, look, he might do the whole tour. He might be spotty. He's got other things going on. But when it's big Chopu and it's a perfect left and he's one of the best backside, if not the best backside barrel rider in the world, and he's and he because he hasn't been um, run down by the tour, so to speak, he'll show up, blow up. And, and win the event. So you're indicating that he's not going to fully commit to the tour? Or he's not going to do every event? I kind of am. Event? I mean, you know, every year, this is like the 15th year in a row we've had this talk. But I kind of get the sense, based on the last half of last year, that, you know, he's he's got other fingers and other fires going. And- he, he certainly does. But in every press thing that I've seen, any interviews that I've heard him do, he talks about doing the tour next year. He always well, says, he, like, oh, I'm going to go into it. recovery and i got to be strong for next year. It's like, oh, wow, I'm surprised. I was waiting for him to turn in. Yeah, just, that surprises me you know? too. But, hmm. so, all right, well, anyway, all I said is he's going to win the Chopu. Win event. the Chopu. Got it. Um, Inland Surf Park in Austin, Texas is supposed to open in 2016. It boasts nine football fields of artificial surf. Wow. Artificial waves. Okay. And... I'm predicting that it will be a WQS stop in the following year, 2017. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. That's interesting. Okay. Just a random prediction. Could be complete BS. Fair enough. And the other one, sort of lame. I just sort of am grasping at straws. Maybe I won't even mention it. Okay. It's sort of of stupid. Well, let's not discuss it at length, but you got to mention it now. Jordy Smith will step away from competition for personal reasons. Interesting. I really hope that's not true. Yeah. I hope that doesn't come to fruition. Um, Those are our predictions. Yeah, I like it, dude. Um, So social media, I want to – got a couple of 
comments and stories that all fall kind of under the guise of social media or under the heading of social media. Did you see that Alex Gray video that he just put out? I saw the thing on Surfline. I didn't click on it or watch it. Basically, he got a direct message. You know, you can direct message people on Instagram. Yeah. He got one from just a random follower who was like, hey, dude, um, look at this photo of this wave. I have a property in front of this wave. You should come out and surf it when the swell's right and when the wind's and everything. Like, I'll let you know when it's going to be firing. If you're interested, it's uncrowded. Nobody knows about it. It's just like, it's my own little paradise. So Alex took him up on the offer, basically, and documents the trip. And gives no indicators as to where it is, obviously. But he does say it's 35 hours of travel from wherever Alex started traveling from, which I assume is Southern California. Hmm. Um, Now you got me thinking. Yeah. And you could look at it like... 35 hours of travel, that's bullshit. Like, there's nowhere that's 35 hours of travel. Okay. Well, you you say that like you know that there's... Well, I mean, dude, you fly... The farthest place is Jay Bay. That's like 24 hours. Well, that's the farthest flight. But I mean, you could... 10 more... 10 more... You, hours of driving or tuk-tuk rides and boats and then you transfer into a different tuk-tuk boat rides. yeah you know what What's i mean a tuk-tuk those ride? little little um scooters with a wagon on the back that you get in what like did a, you think of, who, okay because that's a what he's riding no but that's ride. what he's riding in it's oh like in, i haven't in, seen the thing so i should shut up i know i'm just saying like in in southwest asia and stuff like that that's what they ride you around in you right, know? right. um it's like a rickshaw, wearing trunks, motorized right? rickshaw. So you're wearing trunks. Yeah, it's warm water, right reef pass, like perfect machine-like reef pass. 35 hours. That's what he says, but he could be throwing smoke screens. Does that's it look the other like um, it could be Micronesia in yes. that area? Yes, it does. Okay, so it's probably, it could be that Chuck. You said Tuk Tuk, but there's this island, Chuck Island, that's got some waves. Well, there's I mean, so many islands that's, out there. So it's obviously a place that we've been before that there's tons of surfing in nearby. Yeah. Either, Somewhere. if not islands, nearby yeah. coves, maybe, you know? Yeah. But like this one wave is un, untapped this oh, far. Oh, cool. Well, that's cool. So, yeah. So I was watching that and I was like, you know, that's really bold for Alex to even like respond to the guy. And secondly, and, and you can make a wave look perfect in a photograph. That isn't perfect. You yeah, know, no, I mean, I know you can make a closeout look amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so bold move by Alex. He probably did some research, not just based on the photograph, but um, also, why did that guy reach out to Alex? I don't Gray? know. Like, why would you even reach out to anyone? It's like, dude, come be my friend. Or it's reach like, out dude, to Kelly or John John, maybe. But like, Alex, just, why not just tell your friends? Like, why not just invite your friends? Maybe he's been surfing it with his friends for 20 yeah, he, years. Well, then his friends are bombed. He invited yeah, Alex I know, Gray. exactly. <laughs> so anyway, I was just kind of thinking about like Instagram and like social media. I sit and I waste so much time on it. Yes, you do. I do. We all do. You know, for yourself, I wake up in the morning and it's like, I'll spend 10 minutes scrolling it when I could have spent that 10 minutes stretching or doing something productive and throughout the day, multiple times. So what is the ROI on social media at this point? Like for, are you using it mostly entertainment, mostly for business? What's the, I use it for business. Um, you know, I use it to get my message out about the boardroom show yeah. or about um, our show or it's weird. It's kind of I don't really I have never been one to like follow best practices of the way right. to do it. I'm just like, you know, I'll put a picture of my golf swing or a picture of my grandmother and my dog to get, you know, like like stupid family stuff that nobody cares about. But 
I'm kind of like, look, it's my Instagram, whatever, you know, follow me, don't follow me. I don't really care. It's you know, yeah. like I don't have a set plan, which is probably not smart, but that's just the way I roll. Yeah. But I do scan it. I usually, the people that I follow um, on Instagram are usually surfboard builders. I like to look right, at surfboards, you know? Yeah. So I look at a lot of surfboards. Um, I do follow Alana Blanchard for the record, just, just to be transparent. <laughs> um, One of 1.5 million. Right. And, um, and then Twitter, I follow Twitter, I think is more valuable to me because I get a lot bit more news and stuff. Cause you can click, right? Mm-hmm. Like an Instagram, they're like, Oh, the links in the, in, in my the bio, bio or yeah. whatever. Well, I never do that. Right. So I, Twitter, I follow a lot of news. Like yeah. I'll follow like CNN, I'll follow daily beast. I'll follow who, I, you know, so a lot of news, a lot yeah. of weather, a lot of stuff that kind of interesting to me, you know, like right. whatever, you know, so that's how I use it. Um, well, I just thought Alex kind of had the best return on investment that I've seen out of Instagram, really, other than like direct sales if you're selling something. But I mean, that's a big, that's a yeah, big Yeah, he nailed benefit. it. For yeah. Sure, that's... Um, and then we see Kelly Slater getting into arguments with commenters and stuff. We've had that story in the past, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then you're like, dude, why is Kelly even chiming in? But at the same time, it's kind of amazing to have that sort of an access to an 11 time world champ. Yeah. And to have, you know, I mean, I've said it before. We know more about Kelly Slater from his Instagram account than Surfer Magazine told us for the previous 20 years. Yeah. You know, and that's a great, great thing for us to have. Um, so I'm a fan of it. But side story, EmpireAv.com did this article on surf brands, social media influence on on Instagram. And the way that they categorized it was which surf brands got the most likes in 2015. You want to guess which surf brand got the most likes into? Well, first of all, what is a surf brand like? Is it is it pretty wide open or is it? Because I would suggest that like Red Bull or something. Is that what's considered? They weren't, a surf- they weren't in this list. Okay, so which surf brand got the most likes? Yep, on Instagram in 2015. Rip Curl, Billabong, 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 barely edged out quick. So Billabong with the two bankrupt companies. I know, exactly. I thought that was Billabong's too. coming back pretty strong, though. They're they doing, are. They're doing good. So Billabong with 12.1 million. Quicksilver was second place with 11.6 million views, or I'm sorry, likes in the year. And then Rip Curl was actually number three with 9.3 million. So I don't know what mm. how that translates to sales or how it doesn't. Or I think it, everybody's still trying to figure out ROI on this stuff. You know, yeah, I, I agree. think people scratching their heads are just going. Really, you know, like, are we really investing this much in our social media or so? And it's not really an investment, though. I mean, that's the thing about it is you might have an employee or a couple that curate the thing. But all of the media that you're producing for your ad campaigns, you're producing that anyways. And then you just filter it out through or push it out through. I would suggest and tell me what you think about this, that um, if I was. And I have been in the past, but if I was in charge of of directing a brand's social media, I would say, look, what we want to do is make really powerful, insightful, one and a half, two and a half minute videos. And through social media, we're going to drive people to those videos. That's that to me, because that's really what I get. Like when I get a good thing, it's like you sending me a link from Twitter about a great video clip that Rip Curl put up in um, Indo or what, you know what I mean? Like you'll send me something that's like, dude, check this out and I'll click on it or my friends will, you know? Mm -hmm. And to me, whenever I get a a link that's like a short little video clip, I'm like, oh, that was cool. You know, like because the video clip was powerful, that's the back end of it. It has to be insightful information uh, and entertaining. Well, let me ask you this. Do those, 
if video is the most powerful platform for you as the viewer, are your purchases driven by video? No, but I, I'm, I don't think I'm the right demographic for, you know, I'm a 50-year-old man. Yeah, but you're um, also a guy who's buying Lululemon and Patagonia. So I would say that is a pretty important demo. Right, but I, I don't think I would be influenced by video by that. So by, that's my point is like you love that as a platform, but not as a purchaser. No, I would agree with that. I don't that my purchasing is I'm much more about, um, you know, value. And so maybe if they could convey value or something, but, you know, I'm more like the guy that I will make a purchase if, if a company sends me an email that says 50 percent off today <laughs> only between 11 and 12. And I'll go on there and I'll be like, oh, killer, I got, a, you know, a dozen golf balls for super cheap. You well, know? then the question remains, why? would the marketing team invest in producing that awesome video to get well, your eyeballs on it if you're not going to well, be a consumer? First of all, I would direct it towards a younger demographic. So I'm saying the demographic, like the 15 to 35-year-old male, there's power in um, keeping your brand relevant to that. And so certainly there's not a direct ROI, but I think if my son Hank, or if you ever get have kids or whatever, I think that demo... Is like, dude, I love Ruka's video. Like, Red Bull's a great example. My mm -hmm. son, or you and I even, were like, we love Red Bull. I, I will never drink Red Bull, no. but I love Red Bull Production Company. You right. know, like, so when I get a Red Bull video, I'm like, cool. So there's a certain amount of, you know, I've I've bought in. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan. You know? Yeah. And so there's some, you know, to keep the brand relevance is what I'm suggesting. And yeah. and that's an ROI that's hard to you can't value Qualify. it. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. Well, um, similar topic i also did some research on the top ranked websites in the water action sports category do you have any guesses um websites websites the top ranked surf related websites well i guess the top three I would, the top which top the, three top three i would guess are um surfline stab and uh, magic seaweed do you nailed two out of the three um in that order, actually, Surfline's number one. With two, these views are collected in November 2015. So that's our most recent um, data point. Surfline was number one with 2.2 million views for that month. WorldSurfLeague.com is number two. Somebody needs to audit that number. I no, this was no, a I third party. No. I believe it. I believe it. Sur <laughs> WorldSurfLeague.com number two with 1.4 million views. When I checked this number in the past. World Surf League had the most, actually, more than Surfline. So it got a real audit. Somebody like a Nielsen went in there and went, wait, 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 wait. Let's no, do no, this No, no, right. no. This is all just done on SimilarWeb.com. You just plug it in and the oh. numbers pop up okay, for you. Okay, yeah. Um, so Surfline, currently number one, or in November anyways, uh, World Surf League number two, Magic Seaweed was number three with 1.2 million. Um, and then Surfer Mag, interestingly, was number five, but there's a huge difference in the numbers. They only had 450K. And, and I will tell you this as the former online editorial director at Surfer Magazine. Yeah. When I was there, by far, you know, uh, four-fifths of their traffic was on their forums where people go on there and just chime and banter back and forth and have commentary. That's a ton of their traffic. Now, yeah. they won't admit it, but I was there, and I'm telling you that's now – it, has it changed? I don't know. I'm actually going to have um, coffee tomorrow with Ashton – the managing editor at Surfer Magazine, he wants to come on the show and 
do cool. the show with us. So cool. we should get him in here next time. To do what? Just I don't know. We'll just promote. rap rap with us. He just wants to rap with us. Yeah. He, I think he's interested in doing a podcast and he kinda wants to see what it's all about. And so I'm like, whatever. I mean Yeah. I got I'm nothing not to hide, f- dude. Yeah. And I and I don't mind competition. Like it is what it is. We've been doing this for years without getting paid. It's like what what what's you know. Completely. When you say he's thinking about doing a podcast, you're talking about for the I don't even know what for. He, I probably for surfer. Right. That's but, what I would think. But he um he had mentioned that to me a while ago. So Okay, cool. Um, I just looked up Stab Mag, by the way, 350,000 views for that same time frame, the month of November. Yeah. So less than Surfer. By the way, you say Surfer, the majority of it is going to that message form or whatever form. Is that what we're yeah, calling the, it? Yeah, I guess. Uh, message board. You have a hard, hard problem with the word forum. Right? <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> and it's not because so, of the Lakers. <laughs> so... Um, Good for them, though. They dominate that market space. Like, who else has as active of a message board? Nobody does. I don't think so. The yeah. comment section on Stab is interesting, but it's not the same thing. Right. You know, it's a different different platform. I so, get three-fourths of my news from, I know you from the forum on Surfer Magazine. And half of my takes are completely stolen straight from some guy that's that's smarter than I that's chiming in there. Amazing they haven't called you out on it yet. I I don't. There's got to be a thread on there that's like Scott's ripping us all uh, off. Believe me, there's threads on there about me, and it's not pretty. People hate me on there. Do they really? Well, that's what it's for. It's for hate. Hatred. It's it's the hater net. Yeah. Um. So, the inertia. You interested in their numbers? Not really. Okay. I'm interested uh, how high they are. Okay. Yeah. No. So the inertia is sort of like what. The WSL wants to be right. They're like mainstream surf. Come everybody, all everyone's welcome. There's no in that core. sense, yes, but there's I no don't think core. in any other sense the WSL wants to be the inertia. No, I'm just saying that that there's so the inertia is so inclusive and and which is fine, I, except that they've excluded well, you and I exactly. Entirely. The core is like, oh god, really? Yeah. You know. Um, but what's the inertia's number? The inertia. So I said, Surfer Magazine did four hundred fifty thousand. The inertia, 440,000. The inertia is just, the problem with the inertia is that the clickbait's just through the roof to the point that even if they got back to like really high quality content, yeah. I wouldn't click on it because I just think they're trying to get me to. You've already been scorned too I've many times. I've been scorned, like the top five moments in Alana Blanchard's bikini thing. And then, you know, it's just like, yeah. okay. Can you send me that one, by the way? Yeah, I got uh, saved. It's from my. You know. <laughs> but seriously. <laughs> Not only is it super clickbaity, clickbaity, another <laughs> oh, new yeah, word that's spelled B E A T T Y, like Warren Beatty. I like it. Clickbaity. Click We've created two new words just on, on our roll. first show. I on think we're going to get to thirty new words before the. We need to write these down. Okay, what was the first word? Uh, Broadcastable. Yep. No broadcastability. Broadcastability. Yep. And that'll be click with the baity. hyphen. And the next word is clickbaity, B-E-A-T-T-Y. With Warren Beatty's little photo right next to it. Thank you. Um, so not only are they very clickbaity, but when I do click, I rarely, rarely click on them anymore. I used to, you know? And then they got, the content was worse and worse and worse to where I stopped clicking. And now I occasionally do. The content is so valueless. I mean, it's so valueless. It will be because it's all user submitted or largely user submitted predominantly. It'll be a random dude. I don't think there's any, um, there's no filter. There's no filter process. So it'll be a random dude in central Cal who went for a surf with his buddy, took some photos and then submits the article and they upload it. But it's like your buddy can't surf. 
you can't focus your camera. The you waves, saw, my, you saw the, what I sent in, didn't the you? The waves were super crappy that day. And then like <laughs> For the record, that was Troy Pine State Beach. That and there was, was I'm gonna call out a dude. Um Uh oh, here we go. Yeah, I don't know, bring it. I don't even sure. remember his name. This was the last uh, one I clicked. You can't call him out unless you know his this name. This was the last one I clicked on was like my afternoon or my day with Brad Gerlach in in Los Angeles surfing or something. And I'm like, all right, I don't know why I even clicked on it. <laughs> oh my God. But but it was like some dude who's like a photographer who linked up with Brad and then they went and surfed like Venice or something where the waves were knee high, took some photos that weren't even C cut photos. Like they wouldn't have made any, you know, they wouldn't have made your Instagram feed if he had sent them to you. And, um, but they ran a full spread of this. And then the guy hardly even wrote a story. He wrote a one paragraph story about linking up with Brad, but it wasn't, it was like you should have not written anything at all. If you're going to put this little effort into it, then why write anything at all? Just do a photo feature with no words, you know? Like, it was such a waste of my time that I then got indignant about it. I was like, how do I get that time back in my life? How do I, like, I was so angry. So anyways, but the inertia still has 440,000 views. Or, yeah. Okay, well, so. the inertia. How about, um, who's our favorite? B- bitchy Crab, what's it called? Uh, oh, Beach Grit. Beach Grit. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, I think there were like 40,000. So they're way below. But, you know, I've only been around for a year. Um, One person's website that I will direct you to, by the way, is Surfer's Journal has revamped some things. One of them is their video section on their website. They're producing some really, really good, unique content that's only available on their website. Whereas a lot of other people obviously allow everybody to share it. Yeah. And then Stab Magazine and Beach Grit and all these other ones just become an aggregator for uh, yeah. third-party produced content. Yeah. The Surfer Journal actually does in-house content, and it's really, really clean cool. and really good. They did a great piece on Cassia Mador, um, and then they did one on Dane Reynolds, which was all outtakes from Cluster, shot by Kai Neville. Even though they're outtakes, they're still really, really good, you know? Yeah. And then they've, they've done video stuff in the past with a guy named Tyler Manson who was producing them, whose work I always really liked, and he worked for Vice previously. Mm-hmm. But um, they've re-uploaded all of that old stuff onto this new Vimeo account that's only available through Did you have Surfer to pay Journal. for it? No. Cool. Yeah. Surfersjournal.com. I think it is, yeah. And they've, again, they've revamped some new things. I know they've got Brendan Thomas over there now. Yeah. Previously at Surfer. So I like it. I like what they're doing. Check that out. Yeah. Brendan's a big golfer. Is he? Oh, yeah. Um, Larry Gordon died, sadly. Rest in peace, Larry Gordon. The G in Gordon and Smith surfboards. He was 76 years old. Dude, I missed this story. Um, When? Full on legend in San Diego and around the world uh, last week. Last week, yeah. dude, I somehow missed that. Sorry uh, to hear that. Yeah, Matt Warshaw uh, sort of chimed in in the article and said, look, Gordon Smith was the first real player in the surfboard industry to be based in San Diego. Um, you know, a lot of the companies, well, most of the companies post-Gidget were in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and there was a couple down here in San, in Orange County, right, Dana Point, like Hobie. In fact, Hobie was it, really. And then, but uh, GNS was was the real sort of foundational rock in San Diego as far as the surf industry goes. Okay. And sadly, yeah, um, Larry Gordon. Bummer. Really bummed to hear that. I know I've spent a little bit of time with his daughter, like his daughter and his son. 
Yeah, Eric. Run, Eric and Debbie. And Debbie, yeah. They now run the business yeah. and um, do a great job with it, actually. They do, They yeah. do great glassing, board building for a number of people. Yeah, no, we're... I'm I'm a big fan, and um, it's 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 you know like I said, sad. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, man. Bummer. Lunata Bay. Yeah, I saw this. Tell me about this story. A new chief of police. Is it? He's yeah. new. Is that what happened? Yeah, a new police chief. Yeah, I I just saw some. Um, st- it was a story in the L.A. Times. The headlines. Right? Yeah. Lunata Bay has or Palos Verdes Estates. The Palos Verdes Police Department has a new chief he has more or less i guess he called the la times or something and said i'm not putting up with the bs down at lanata bay anymore we're going to prosecute um there was an an attorney who's been hassled by these surfers in the past who said i'll believe it when i see it Mm -hmm. um and so it's sort of interesting that fired a shot yeah exactly that and it was there was no no reason other than it looked felt like a slow news day or something and for um, all the listeners who are unaware, the Lunata Bay is in South Los Angeles County, and it's one of the most highly localized spots in California, <laughs> to the point that guys like Scott and I don't have any interest in even surfing there. You will get hassled there. It's well documented, and it's also a affluent area. And so what generally happens is um, they'll get into a physical altercation and then lawyer up and won't suffer any repercussions from their actions basically because they can out litigate anybody that gets involved that in the, the the in the past it's been um argued or implied that the police department yes. sort of sides with the people that live there because guess what they pay their rent exactly uh, so through high tax bracket yeah high taxes and they pay the, they hire the chief of police and exactly. the city council does you know and so they're all kind of the the implication is that they're all in cahoots with you know, it's not that they want to keep this. They just don't want to. First of all, the residents don't want a lot of traffic. It's a residential area. It's yeah. like La Jolla. It's like, you know, the, the there's a lot of money there and they don't need a bunch of scumbag surfers from Torrance driving up and parking and littering and doing whatever. Yeah. And so the idea that some of the surfer, <laughs> yeah, Torrance. Beat it, Torrance. And so the idea that some of the local surfers are going to kind of like clamp down on it is sort of like, look, it's looked the other way. It's like, okay, well, that's fine because it yeah. helps us with our traffic problem. And um, I have surfed there. Have you? Yeah. I surfed there in the 80s during the El Nino year. Or no, I, it was 86 or 85. But I surfed Lunata Bay with a buddy of mine who grew up right there, who was a Lunata Bay local. And, um, and, you know, we walked down the trail and walked out onto the point, put on our suits and, you know, did our thing out on the point and hung out with the local guys. And I remember um, I paddled out and there's a guy, I don't know where Kelly Logan is. Kelly Logan was one of the local guys there back in, in the eighties. And, uh, and I had spent 15 minutes on the beach, putting my wetsuit on and talking with him and, Broing down with him more or less. And when I went out there, he was like splashing water in my face and he had forgotten all about our conversation. So that's kind of the... He waited to be a dick until he got in the water? Yeah. It was, you know, it was almost like he didn't recognize me or something. He didn't realize I was strategy. the same guy. That... Yeah. So anyway, I don't know where Kelly Logan is. And, and then later on, you know, Kel- Kelly Logan and I surfed on the quote unquote professional longboard circuit together for a year or two. And and we chummed up and we're buddies. And that, that, that incident was never 
replayed in either of our stories. Whenever he tried other. to surf somewhere other than Lunata, did you splash water in his face? No, no. Kelly was a pretty big, strong. I would never. I'm not the kind of guy that would splash water. But you in get anyways. the point. Yes, I do. No, uh, I, I did not. Yes. I so, get so uh, in the past, we've talked about it because there has been physical altercations that then were newsworthy and covered by mainstream media. And then you and I talked about it on the show. Well, last year, right? Wasn't it last it was year? Maybe two where, years ago. They had a drone. Didn't they have drone footage of yeah. guys throwing rocks? Yeah. And then you did a great interview. Or did we do an interview that's, with that That's guy? what I was Chris? just getting at. Yeah, two years ago, I think it was. I interviewed Chris Taloa, who was kind of the big proponent that was going to go down there and just surf it no matter what. Even if he got beat up, he'd still paddle out. Had friends documenting it on video, and he got into some altercations. And so I interviewed him on the show, and he was really outspoken. And um, Chris is from Hawaii and was sort of going, where's the Aloha? Exactly. Well, I posted that episode. I got crap. Like, I'm not going to name names here, but literally like from important people in the surf industry who work at publications that everybody reads, who message me and are like, F you for publishing, for giving that guy a microphone. Screw you for drawing attention to this cause, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like. Are you kidding me? That's the problem with surf media like, is that it's all and it's, I it becomes surf advocacy. It's just totally. like Matt Warshaw said. I messaged him back and I was like When it's not moonlighting it. as surf ad Oh yeah. good. So you No, I messaged him back. I was like, suck it. You're gonna you are on the wrong side of history on this argument. That's such so, a good line. You use that line a lot with me. <laughs> <laughs> like like I don't who cares about Chris? Like Chris is a little bit of a nut job and yeah, he went on a rant. But I didn't advocate for him, and I'll give you the microphone too. You want to sit down and have a conversation? Oh no, you're, no, no! They're too wimpy to do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. They're just you're like welcome to hiding argue. behind their email. Exactly. So you're welcome they must to have argue. Worked at Surfer Magazine. They're, they're members of the forum. There. You're welcome to argue your point. If who you were want. these guys? I'm just, not telling you. Come on, heck no, dude. No, off I'll tell the you air, off tell the air. me, off and the then air. I'll say it on. I'll the air. tell you off the air. Don't say it on the air. I'm just gonna Instagram. Then I won't tell you. You just revealed yourself. But it was just like, look, dude, Chris's opinions aside. Yeah. How dare you go to bat for localism, period. And then basically accost me verbally and my platform. Screw you. Now you're wrong. Wow. You know what I mean? Some of my very best friends. In fact, one of my best friends is is a Lenata, is a Palos Verdes guy. Now, he hasn't lived there in a long time. And he told me that if he went back there today... Just by himself, a lot of the guys there wouldn't even know who he is. Of course, and um, but I I have seen and listened to theories on both sides of that fence. Yeah, you know, and of course their side of the fence is, hey man, we have we have saved a part of you know California surf culture. It hasn't been in. Let all the other spots get inundated. Why turn it into Haggerty's? You know, um, and and. I think on its surface, that makes sense. You know, it's kind of like the ranch. It's like, oh, that's cool. There's a place that will always be that way. And only the guys that have access to it get access to it. Yeah. And oh, by the way, how is that different than like surfing down in mainland Mexico where you have to pay to play? Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, at the end of the day, though, if you have to instill violence or negative vibes into a situation, for me personally... There's a little bit of vomit in my mouth. Of course. It's just, it's just, that's just me personally. Like to me, that's not who I am as a human being. That's not what I want to convey. That's not what I want on my tombstone that, that this guy was a complete dick at Lunata Bay. You know, right. like that's not how we should be living our lives. You know, it's kind of like Mother Teresa, right? If you're for world peace, you know, it should start at Lunata Bay next time you paddle out. Yep. 
No, I couldn't agree more. And there is definitely a boiling point of acceptability. Like you said, you go down to Mexico or when I was in Central America on this last trip, went and surfed a spot where we had to hire a guy with a machete to walk us down the beach because it's a small community. They've had a lot of surfers come and they know that this wave is a resource. So they deputized the local elder basically just to be like, hey man, when people come park here, we should charge them. And then you as a return will walk them to safety, you know, and I don't think anybody's ever been jumped. It's just a courtesy that you do. So that's one end of the spectrum of it's totally acceptable. It costs 10 bucks and we got to go surf. Um, and there's another end of the spectrum where you're beating people up on the beach. That's completely unacceptable. And so there is somewhere in the middle of the point that it boils over. Lunata Bay boiled over that point a long time ago where it's no longer acceptable, where it is, I don't mind paying the 10 bucks. I feel fine about it. I'm contributing to the community. I see where the money's going. It's all good, you know? Yeah. But at what point is it? When you're a 50 year old dude living with your mom at Lunata in Palace Verdes and yeah. you're beating up dudes and throwing rocks at them and stuff. It's And then you're on camera, like barking about it. There's guys that are on video that are, yeah. that are, I know condoning it. It's a lot of negative energy too. It just the is. It, the whole thing is just like, really? Come on. Yeah. And it's a marginal wave, by the way. It's a pretty good wave, dude. On its good days, it's good. Like when Well, you, it's only good when it's big, first of all. Yeah. It, I've seen a it, lot of big days wave. where it's mushy, dude. It's a, it's Look, it's it's not a hollow wave, but it's a when good wave. When that swells pumping, there's other spots I'd rather surf nearby. Yeah. I'm sure but they're more crowded, too. There's a ton of, you know. Yeah. Um, do you got another story? Um, if, if not, I'm going to run down a quick list of I things. Don't. Okay. I don't. Quick list of videos that you need to watch um, that have come out in the last two weeks. Julian Wilson's North Shore Boogie. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, I have not. You love the title. <laughs> Actually, it's NS Boogie. It's not North Shore Boogie. Um, <laughs> NS Boogie. NS Boogie. So Julian Wilson um, and Jimmy Lee's is his filmer. They put out that video a while back. Um, we discussed it on the show. It was my must-see moment where Julian's just ripping so hard. They're great team together the video guy i love julian surfing's incredible the north shore video is not as good as that previous one but nearly it's in the same realm he's spectacular he's the best sur- i mean he's like a world <laughs> title level surfer who might not ever have a world title you know what i mean there's a bunch of those there's no, only Ju- a couple julian yeah, there's no. only a couple you know you, so you're saying julian's going the way of taj maybe i mean that remains to be seen but very well could be there's such a weird line where, like, you think just a couple of years ago, I was like, I think Julian's going to win a world title. And then you get so much fame and so much money, and you're so embedded in the surf industry, so to speak, that you lose a little bit of the vinegar that, that puts you where you're at, and you get soft, and you go Jordy Smith on us or Taj Burrow. Yeah. I mean, there's... There's only so many... That's why we like Adriano. There's only so many guys that have this that have the gumption to go... Exactly. This is my sole focus. What, Even if I'm not the greatest surfer in the world, I'm going to be the greatest surfer in the world. What Adriano has and Kelly has and Mick obviously has, very, very few people have. Especially North American yeah. pro surfers. Right. Where We always talk about I always so, talk about Can I actually read to you? Um, Lewis Samuels is back. He wrote this power rankings for Surfline that just dropped a day or two ago. Let me read what he wrote about Julian because it relates to what you were just saying. 
He said, when you picture Julian Wilson in five years, what springs to mind? A glistening, bald, multiple world champ or a more boring version of a mid-career Taj Burrow? Politely discussing... Politely discussed as the world champ favorite by young girls and people who work in marketing. I just nailed it there, didn't I? You did. It's almost like you read this and I accidentally didn't. regurgitated I, I didn't. it. But Lewis is a great writer. I know he hates me, but he's a good... He's, Doesn't he's he hate everyone? I guess. I, oh. I don't know. The um, sure, we know that Wilson's capable of winning a world every event on tour, but so is Adriano, apparently, and he's the one who actually went and did it. Winning heats and even events isn't the same thing as winning a title. Unfiltered arrogance, like any good drug, wears off too soon to sustain a year-long campaign. It takes bastard desire to persevere, mixed with something to prove. Just ask Adriano and Kelly. All right. Puts it concisely. Yeah. Does Julian have any of those things? I'm not sure that he does. He has the ability. I don't know. You you get a hot chick, big paychecks, people that adore you. (laughs) The the drive wears off, man. And everybody, like he's like Lewis said, like little young teenage girls and people in who don't actually surf think that he is a world champ. Probably they're like Julian Wilson. Oh, he's a famous surfer. He's probably a world champ. Surfer. You know, what other the world sports, champ doesn't even matter. What other sports are exactly? But it should. What other sports are there where if you're not in the top five, people are just adoring you and fawning over you? Like there's not really that many sports. Where, no. And again, it, and it all circles back to. Is surfing really a sport? If the industry can live off of non-world champions, non-competitive surfers driving the bus, and they're all okay with it because money's being made, then does the sport really matter? And that will come back to bite an industry. For For a decade in the 80s, from starting in like 1979, the surf industry was all about world champions and the sport of it. And that's what's going to get it out of this sort of 70s fog of black beaver tail wetsuits and clear boards and no leashes and the full anti-thuggery. And they got out of it, and now they forgot what they had. Right. Which And Adriano's the champ. Adriano's the champ. That says it all. Yep. God bless Adriano. (laughs) I know. I mean, bravo to Adriano for cracking... The, the code, you know? But is the code that hard to crack if none of them, yes. none of the best in the world care anymore? <laughs> yes. Well, that's the problem with the code. Who's it's your the world, wrong code. Who's your world champ? Let's make a prediction. What did we do last year? Oh, by the way, I owe you a hundred bucks. Yes, I've been um, wondering. Who, who's the... Uh, uh, Mick Fanning was my world champ. I mean, this year? Yeah. I mean, dude, the did stuff that the guy that went through... you make that prediction? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, look at Scott cash on hand. For the record, listeners, Scott just paid up. Uh, take thank a picture you. of that. I should, huh? Uh, so yeah, Mick Fanning for me was my world champ this year. I mean, I honor Adriano and like what he did, but Mick, I mean, God, I just, no, no. But did you predict Mick Fanning last year? Do you remember who our predictions were? I don't. Cause I think I predicted Julian Wilson. That's an odd prediction. No, it's not. I, it was, or it was because he had one pipe. No, No, he won pipe the year before. Barely requalified. Yeah. But he was like on this roll. Of one contest. Uh, I've always, maybe went it was into, the year before. I know I predicted Julian Wilson okay. a couple of years. He went into Hawaii like in 22nd position or something yeah, last year. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, so who's your prediction? Like For a, this coming year. This coming year, right Ooh. now, first of the deal here. Oh, man. this got to pick one. I should have thought about this in advance because let's actually make a note to revisit this at the end of the year. Um, yeah. Because I would like to know who's closer. Okay. Um, do you have one? I'm sort of like you. I'm kind of scrambling in my brain right now trying to figure out who I think. My gut feeling is that it will be Mick Fanning. Yeah. 
I think Mick has something to prove. I, but but does he have the air game to pull it off? Will the waves be big enough on in the South Pacific leg so that the Felipe's of the world get scared? Yeah. Will it be a hungry Brazilian that drives? Could be Gabe. I mean, Gabe's a a safe bet. He is because he's, he's gonna got be it all. The tenacity that he's going to have yeah. after Adriano. Yeah, he's got it all. Gabe. And it's not the sophomore year anymore, so he's kind of got over the sophomore jinx. And uh, I'm going to go. Gabe's, gonna, Gabe's a pretty good pick, but I will I'm not. I'm going to go Dark Horse. I will not pick a Brazilian. I'm going to go Dark Horse pick. Okay. Owen Wright. That's a good pick. That's a very good pick. It's he hard to stay healthy, though. Yeah, but I mean, dude, his form going into the end of the year was impeccable. Yeah. And I can't get over his cloud break performance still. You know, like yeah. he's impeccable. And on his backhand, I could see him. Like winning at Snapper Rocks, even you know. I have a hard time not rooting for non. My nationalism is just festering. I want. You already said Mick, so that's. I know. Well, Mick seems like the safe pick, but there's right. no North American that's going to win it. No, unfortunately, Kanoa, I think they're all going to. Hell no, they're all going to fall off the tour. Yeah. Well, one more video that I want to promote, other than Julian's. Um, oh, I didn't even notice this guy has the same last name as Julian Lee Wilson. Lee Wilson is somebody who, whenever I see something... By the way, I have a friend that listens to this podcast occasionally, and he's blown away that you have so much knowledge or are so interested in all these video clips. Really? Who made them? Who, it's like, yeah. He's I'm a fan, like, dude. Wow. Dave knows he's heavily involved. Yeah, I told him, me. I go, you know what? Dave will watch a video rather than go surfing. He'll watch a video. Of I'll do both. Um, so... I'll surf five minutes late because I was watching the video. That's right. the problem. So um, Lee Wilson is—he's, I think he's Australian he originally, is. but he's at it like he's living in Bali now. Yeah, or he has been for the last. Don't, doesn't five he have like a years. nickname like Sess? Lee Sess Wilson. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, every time I see Lee Wilson videos, he yeah. blows my mind how good he is. He's unsponsored. He was work doing dishes for the last eight months to get some travel money together. But he just uh, put out a video where he's surfing Padang and some other spots. Um, the guy just rips. Like, it's on par with A-list, $100,000 a year contracted, you know, free surfers. Every bit as good as those guys. So the guy's legit. Um, so I'm going to post a video, Lee Wilson's video. That's not my must-see moment, though. But, oh my God! But that is worth watching. Do you have must sees, Duke? Well, my must see moment. I don't have Duke or Kook, but my must see moment is um, Bethany Hamilton. Yeah. At, oh yeah, that's right. There's also a video out there that that's must see moment only for its future Rama in, uh, implications. Okay. And American Wave Machines just put out a video of of the. ESA, the Eastern Surfing Association's North Northeast Indoor Surfing Championships. Okay. So there's a video of like, you know, 12 to 15 year olds that are surfing a, a, a three foot wave at a wave park in a mall in New Hampshire. What? Yeah. Or maybe it's New Jersey. <laughs> and I saw it and I went, gosh, are we going to be talking about this? And well, is this where it's going? Do you want to classify this as your kook of the week or what? No, I don't want to cl classify it as a kook. I, just, I have it. I've written it down okay. as my must-see moment. But I see highlights from pros and amateurs alike at the American Wave Machine Surf Stream in Nassau, New Hampshire. Wow. But um, Bethany at Jaws is my must-see moment. Good call. Um, my must-see moment is actually just an um, article that's on surfermag.com. little feature on Kai Garcia, Kaiborg. Did you see this? No. It's just called Wisdom. Um, looks like a million pieces you've seen before where they ask him a few questions and he gives you a few answers. 
It was so profound to me, dude. He's comes. He's a spiritually fit individual, dude. It's the, the sense that I get is that he his spiritually fit condition is intact. Yeah, like with it, you know, inside of all that muscle and brawn and 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 sort of Hawaiian um, angst or 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 just just the Hawaiian ana that's that surrounds him. There's a really, like I say, a spiritually fit human being. Well, I'm going to give you one line out of this, one short paragraph out of this, just to give you an idea for what this piece is. But it is my must-see moment, my must-read moment. Um, one paragraph, he says, I want to be a good father, husband, friend, and uncle. Everything else is immaterial. There's nothing worse than waking up in the morning, looking in the mirror, and not being the man you're supposed to be. Now I can look myself in the eye, but there was a time when I couldn't. That says it all right there. And um, it's more of that. It's more of what you were just saying, where he, he had a checkered past, but the way that he conveys all of his thoughts about it now is really, really profound, kind of. I can tell like, that he is a friend of a friend of mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so I'm a big fan of this piece. I was shocked at how I didn't even commit to it. I was like, I opened it up. I'm like, I'll read one line. And then it like caught me and I read and I read and I was like, whoa, that was deep. Yeah. This was actually more meaningful than anything I've read on. I don't know, you won't read anything more meaningful than that yeah. ever. Like that's like, you know, you can read a million Luke Davis bios on you out to get him, dude. No, or whoever, you know, like, I'm just saying like, you know, stuff from Kai Garcia is going to be real shit. It's not going to be like, yeah, but my floater was insane today. No, <laughs> but there's people, there's other people with checkered pasts. Well, that haven't like Sonny Garcia, for example, but then you hear him interviewed and you're like, yep, still don't care. You know what I mean? Wow. Where it's like, <laughs> you just threw Sonny under the bus. I did, but, right. but it's no, true. I, know what you mean. You no, know? No, I agree. Um, so look, Kai, Kai is an interesting guy. Yeah. And man, so intimidating. You look at the guy's build and you're just like, that dude is built like in a, like if he was in the MMA, he'd be the most intimidating. I think he was. In, if he was, he'd be I think the he most intimidating guy and, in the MMA. I want, I don't know much about it, that part of it, but I want to say that I think he went to Brazil and kind of dominated his division or whatever. The heavyweight division, by the way, whatever it was, <laughs> I'm sure it is. I don't know, but, but back, this was maybe 15 years. I don't, again, I yeah, don't yeah. really know what I'm talking about. So I'll just shut up. But anyway, big fan. for fear of him kicking my ass. For no, we're, we're fans. I mean, again, <laughs> no, I'm going to post a link to this article, surf My Duke, of course, Bethany Hamilton for the jaws thing. I've got the video and then my kook, the greatest slam I've seen in a long time, dude. Get out of your chair. Come here real quick. Um, this was on Coastal Watch's Instagram. This guy jumping off the rocks at Snapper or somewhere on the Gold Coast. He's trying to do a rock jump into the ocean. He's standing at the edge, leaps off of a high rock and lands <laughs> in two inches of water. What he thinks is oh deep water, God. but it's two inches of water right on a rock face plants and then scorpions over the front of his board face plants on the rock scorpions (laughs) over the front of the board another wave comes as he's trying to scramble to get back on his board that was uh that was a good one kook of the week that that guy was a kook we see different kook videos on instagram like there's kook slams or whatever i love kook slams thanks for turning me on to that it's good but this was the kookiest thing i've ever seen the guy jumped into two inches of water and landed straight on a rock couldn't have planned it worse could not have so anyways, I'll post that at surfsplendorpodcast.com. Welcome to 2016, Scott. Yeah, David. All right. Until the next show, adios and aloha.
All right. Thank you again for listening. You know the drill. SurfSplendorPodcast.com on social media, at SurfSplendor, blah, blah, blah. Rate and review. Leave comments. You've heard it all before. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. Welcome to 2016. We will see you next week. But until then, make sure to shred on. Get down.